Homes.com knows that when it comes to home shopping, it's never just about the house or condo. It's about the home. And what makes a home is more than just the house or property, it's the location and neighborhood. Homes.com offers in-depth neighborhood guides with detailed video overviews, comprehensive narratives, and unbiased information from a multitude of sources. You thought we go in-depth with player analysis on Fantasy Baseball today? You haven't seen anything yet. Each listing features comprehensive information about the neighborhood complete with a video guide. If you have kids, it's also schools, nearby parks, and transportation options. When looking at local schools, they offer test scores, state rankings, and student-to-teacher ratio. They even have an agent directory with the sales history of each agent. That's why Homes.com goes above and beyond to bring home shoppers the in-depth information they need to find the right home. So when it comes to finding a home, not just a house, this is everything you need to know, all in one place. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Worn by players like Michael Harris to meet the demand of elite ball players, the New Balance Fuel Cell 4040 V7 is a versatile option. The 4040 V7 is built for the athlete who needs responsiveness and ability to cut and run at their full speed. The model features a fuel cell foam underfoot and a synthetic and mesh upper to provide breathability, comfort, and a snug fit as you round the bases. The fuel cell midsole features nitrogen-infused foam specifically designed to propel athletes forward. Learn more about the 4040 at newbalance.com. Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. And first pitch, rushing! Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now here's Frank, Scott, and Chris. It's time for our 12-team head-to-head points listener league draft. Welcome into Fantasy Baseball Today. Frank Sample joined by Scott White and Chris Towers. Today will be a two-part podcast that will cover the entire draft and then recap our teams in part two of today's podcast. Before we get started, make sure to like this video and subscribe if you haven't already. And if you're listening on the audio side, please download, follow, and leave a five-star review. We really do appreciate it. If you missed any of our recent content, make sure to go back and listen on demand. We broke down all of the Jose Altuve and Vaughn Grissom news on the latest podcast. Well, Scotty, thank your lucky stars because you have the first overall pick in tonight's draft. Yeah, so that makes two drafts in a row that we've recorded here where I have the number one overall pick. Must be nice. Yeah. Well, I I don't know whether to thank you or curse you for this because if you'll remember the way that mock went, Uh I took judge number one uh, and Arenado didn't make it back to me in round two and I was tilting the whole draft because I couldn't get a third baseman at a reasonable price. And considering this group is you know, comprised of people who hang on our every word, who've been hearing me <laughs> hammer home the point that you can't skimp on third base early. I think the chances of Arenado making it back to me are virtually zero in round two. And I gave some thought to taking Jose Ramirez because of that, but no, I'm not. I'm going to take Judge and we'll see. We'll see what happens at third base. Maybe I'll Maybe I'll, I'll pull out a surprise. You never know. You never know with me. Chris, every podcast we do is fun, obviously, but I think tonight will be extra special because we've got the WBC game going on, USA versus Japan. It's the final. USA is down right now. And uh, you and I are donning yeah, the red go, and baby. orange of the Miami Marlins. Let's go. 305 in the house. What's <laughs> up? So I'm just I a stand up. You have uh, different generation shirts. They're They're orange. But they're the different. Oh, no, mine is red. Uh, Frank's is like oh, bright red. Frank's I don't know red. why they look so similar on screen. But <laughs> OK, yeah. so so you so, yeah, you have the second generation Marlins yes. font there, Chris, and, and Frank has third generation. Yes, yeah, so I've got the ugliest one possible. Grab my first generation Marlins hat and we'd really be representing. But alas, I and, did not. And we begged Scott to do it and he just wouldn't do it. He uh, true story. And, and, uh, he said his hair looked really good, so he didn't want to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's actually preview tonight's draft. This is the uh, listener league that we chose these submissions for 
uh, last Friday. So it's a 12-team league. Randomize the draft order. Scott will be drafting first overall. Chris is seventh, and I will be picking eighth. So back-to-back picks. Hopefully some fireworks between Chris and myself. Uh, standard CBS head-to-head points lineups. One of each infield position. Three outfielders. One utility bat. No corner or middle infielder. We've got five starting pitchers and two relief pitchers. Five bench spots. So it is a shallower league than I think most people might be used to. And I won't go through the entire point system, but hitters lose half a point for strikeouts. So plate discipline matters a lot in this format. Pitchers earn three points per inning pitched and seven points for a win, seven points for a save, three points for a quality start and minus five for a loss. I would say that we've previewed this thing enough, Scotty. Let's get it started. You are on the clock with the first overall pick. Yeah. And as I already explained, I'm going to take judge, but Get ready for a lot of tilting from all of us in this particular draft because, as I said, the the, the recent history of the podcast league is that uh, the listeners just take all our favorite players like three rounds before we're used to seeing them go, and so we have to... <laughs> it ends up being an uncomfortable draft for us because our teams are unfamiliar to us. And I'm, I'm going to try and just roll with it, do what I did in the Tout Wars draft, and just take the value that comes to me, not obsess over getting my guys. But that's easier said than done. I'm happy to start with Judge, who in this format, like every other, was far and away the best player last year. I think in points leagues, it's even clear that he's number one though because obviously you don't have to sell out for stolen bases the same way you do in a roto league all right so scott takes aaron judge and unsurprisingly if he were completely healthy i would agree with this juan soto pick but the latest news that we have is that he is going for an mri that doesn't sound too good mri on this oblique injury you know, I was wondering if he fell to me at seven or eight. Well, you at seven, Chris, or me at eight. I don't know. I might have passed just because I, I don't really know what's going on with Juan Soto right now. Chris, what are you thinking with him? Yeah, no, that's that's fair. I think the uh, the concern at this point is not that it's like a serious injury that's going to cost him a month to start the season, but just that like there's going to be pressure with the season starting in what, eight days to nine days to push through any kind of issue. And that's a little worrisome just because it is an oblique, even if it's a minor one, it's the kind of injury that like you need to get completely past in order to, to really have a chance. Otherwise, you know, you have, you run the risk of of a setback at all times with that injury. All right, well, Terry Gensler, who made the pick of Juan Soto's second overall, says in the chat, Kevin Acey, who covers the Padres, says the team does not seem concerned. We'll see what happens with Juan Soto. The latest picks, Jose Ramirez went third overall. Mookie Betts went fourth. Mike Trout, fifth overall. All right, so maybe a little uh, WBC bump there for Mike Trout. Then Julio Julio Rodriguez and Chris, you select Ronald Acuna. And yeah, I who is my number one player in Roto. He's my number four player in this format. I, I think he's a great pick there. I, I think he's gotten kind of a rep for being a better Roto player than a head-to-head points league player. And that might be true, but you know, Ronald Acuna in 2020, which was a shortened season, he walked like 18% of the time. I think the following season, it was still in like the 12 to 13% range. So if he's right, like if I'm right about Ronald Acuna being the best player in Roto, he's probably going to be close to one of the best players in head-to-head points as well. Yeah, 14% of the time in 2021, it fell to 10% in 2022, which is still very good. So I'm happy to get Ronald Acuna in pretty much any format. Yeah, and I don't want to dump on Mike Trout at fifth overall because this is his superior format, mm-hmm. again, where you don't have to worry Correct. about stolen bases. Of course, he's typically been an excellent plate discipline guy. Even last year when his plate discipline was down a bit, Trout had the fourth highest point per game average at this position last year, 3.64 versus Julio Rodriguez was at 3.31. I still take Julio Rodriguez over Trout in this format, but not by much. All right, so Chris took... Ronald Acuna, I was on the clock and I was debating Trey Turner or Kyle Tucker. We talk about this a lot. When you're faced with the decision of taking Trey Turner in the first round, means you've probably got to pass up on some really awesome shortstops later on in the draft. But man, I mean, he's looked so good in spring training, in the WBC. We know he's a fantastic player regardless, but I think eighth overall, even in a points league, even being shortstop, 
got to end the, the the skid there. So I take Trey Turner at eight. And then at number nine, we see Kyle Tucker. And 10th overall, we see Manny Machado. We are coming up on the turn here. And Kyle's team name is the Church of Scott White. So, so I, I was just thinking, we haven't seen a pitcher yet go first round of a points league. But I'm pretty sure someone whose name is Church of Scott White is not taking a pitcher. He does take Freddie Freeman, which is not something I've... You know, so he didn't take an outfielder. He didn't take a third baseman. We'll get a third baseman on. I'm predicting Church of Scott White guy will get a third baseman on the way back in round two. Freddie Freeman, of course, a great head-to-head points player, even if he doesn't fill a weak position. Scott, stop trying to speak these picks into existence because maybe well, I want a third baseman. Come on, man. I know. I know our listeners and I know what we've said. So <laughs> And that's that's one thing to keep in mind with this league that we're going we're about to draft in particular. You know, it's something we talk about a lot, but what we're about at that point where you can kind of throw ADP out the window. You know, people are gonna go get their guys, and especially in a league like this, you know, with people who listen to the podcast, people who are are diehards for fantasy baseball, they're gonna they're probably going to go get their guys. You know, we're going to see some picks that aren't going to line up with the rankings or the ADP necessarily. And that's fine. Finishing up round one, we saw Freddie Freeman at 11, Jordan Alvarez at 12, Rafael Devers with the first pick of round two. Chris, if Jordan Alvarez was completely healthy and we didn't have any questions, I mean, I doubt he would have even made it to either of us, but did you have any consideration of taking Jordan Alvarez? Yeah, I think I would have taken him if... Ronald Acuna and Trey Turner weren't there, uh, okay. but both of them were there. So I have them ranked ahead of Jordan Alvarez, but he is uh, still sixth for me in points just because I do think like, yes, I have the concerns about health with him and Juan Soto, but I, I do think there's a, a gap between those two guys and, and Julio Rodriguez and Kyle Tucker, who are the next up in a points league. Well, look what you did, Scott. You spoke it into existence. You said that the church of Scott White will likely take a third baseman. And that's exactly what happened. So it looks like I will not be getting uh, one of those elite names and I won't be getting Nolan Arenado either. So the next couple of picks hmm. in round two after Devers, Austin Riley, Sandy Alcantara, first starting pitcher off the board. This is a head-to-head points league. You get points for innings pitched. So I think Sandy Alcantara is the odds on favorite to lead baseball in innings once again. And then Nolan Arenado goes 16th overall. The team name is Lenars's New Bars. So maybe a Cardinals fan. That's that's what I'm wondering here. I could be the second team to take a starting pitcher. This is a head-to-head points league. First base is really deep, but I don't think I could let him go. So I'm going to go ahead and take Vladimir Guerrero. I'll start my team with you know, two of the deepest position positions at shortstop and Vladimir Guerrero, but I think both were just great values where I'm getting them. So to get Trey Turner at 8 and then Vladimir Guerrero at 17, I love starting my team with those two picks in a head-to-head points league. Uh, and Chris, you are on the clock. And you know who it's going to be. I know exactly. Yes. Who, once I didn't take him, I knew it's, exactly it's who the you guy were I take in the second round every time, no matter where I'm picking in the second round, if he's there, <laughs> right. it's Fernando Tatis. I will have to find a shortstop replacement for the first uh, 20 days of the season. But after that, it's all systems go, baby. He's going to have an awesome season. All right, so no surprises with Chris taking Fernando Tatis at 18 overall. Again, there's only been one starting pitcher taken, and that was Sandy Alcantara. Scott, uh, what are your latest thoughts on Jordan Alvarez? It sounds like he could play in a game this upcoming weekend. And um, do you think he should have went earlier than 12 overall in this format? Uh, I'm not sure exactly where I have him ranked. This I actually do have like Sandy Alcantara in round one as much as I'm not in favor of taking a starting pitcher this year. So it's possible. Let me get my rankings up. Like, Alvarez is better in this form. Basically, any early round pick who isn't a big base dealer is probably going to be more valuable in this format than standard 5x5. Five five. So I know I'd take Alvarez earlier than 12th and 5x5. Five five. I'd probably take him earlier in this format, too. He is one of the three outfielders who averaged more points per game last year um, than Mike Trout. In fact, he was second only to Aaron Judge, a distant second, because everybody was a distant second, but Alvarez was the second-best outfielder on a per-game basis in this format last year. <laughs> oh, jeez. Look Whoa. what just happened. 
Whoa. I was, I was thinking of doing that myself. Oh, I was. I was wow. going to do it. Well, let's talk about what's actually happening, because after Chris took Fernando Tatis, Bobby Wood Jr. goes off the board, maybe a little bit early in a head-to-head points league. But if you want to prevent Scott from getting a third baseman, then you got to do it there. Garrett Cole goes 20th overall. <laughs> Alex Bregman, 21st overall in the second round. There's no doubt that it's early. But this is his best format. I mean, Bregman, more walks yeah. than strikeouts last year. He plays a ton of games. He's in a great lineup. The counting stats should be really good again. And Scott said he was considering it. So it's not crazy. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I was thinking, okay, maybe maybe Shohei Otani is going to make it to me just because he's utility only. No, don't do it. Terry, take, take Shohei Otani so Scott can't get him. No, he could take him. That's fine. <laughs> um but Otani averaged 3.18 points per game as a hitter last year in this format. Bregman was 3.19. He was actually better. So wow. why am I going to mess around at third base and risk getting a total scrub there? Um, oh, he doesn't take Otani. Hmm. Now you got yourself a little bit of a decision point here, Scotty. Scott is I on mean, the clock. it's not that tough of a decision, right? It's Shohei Otani. You take him. It shouldn't well, be, but this is probably his worst format head to head points league Mm -hmm. where the steals don't matter and you can't reap all of his benefits. You either have to choose to use him as a utility bat or a starting pitcher each week. And you're almost certainly going to use him as a hitter because there might be an occasion or two where he gets uh, two starts because it sounds like they're going to go with what they did down the stretch last year where they use a six man rotation, but he's going to pitch every sixth day. You know, if there's an off day, he's still going to stay on schedule from from what I understand. So, like, he'll have a couple of two-start weeks, but for the most part, he's a hitter here. Yeah, and I, I'm, I am going to take him with that plan. But because this is a, a, a league where we only start nine hitters, there's only that one utility spot, having the ability to shift him at starting mm-hmm. pitcher if I wind up with a, a hitting surplus is a nice luxury, mm-hmm. even if it's not the ideal place to use him. And I am going to pair him with Paul Goldschmidt, who was the best first baseman in terms of head-to-head points per game last year. Hopefully he'll follow up on that this year. Uh, 3.79 points per game for him, 3.72 for Freddie Freeman, and third place was Pete Alonso, 3.49, quite a bit of a ways back. All right, so Scott winds up with Shohei Otani with the last pick of round two. Paul Goldschmidt, first pick of round three. Again, Aaron Nola was, uh, went 23rd overall, the um, 11th pick of round two, and we're going to keep things moving here. Speaking of, by the way, for the live audience, I don't want to tell you to not watch our stream. Shohei Otani is apparently about to pitch in the World Baseball Classic in the next inning. So, Gosh, and USA has their work cut out for them. They're down 3-1, to one, and now you're going to have to face one of the toughest pitchers on the planet in Otani. So, I don't know. It's kind of a tough spot. Uh, it's fun having these things go uh, at the same time. <laughs> if we just start freaking out at some point, it's either because of a pick or, or something crazy going on in this WBC by, game. By the way, it was fairly amazing that Corbin Burns made it to the 22nd pick of a yeah. head-to-head points draft. I, I think that's the sort of thing that would only happen in a listener's league like this. Like He's, he's probably a first-rounder in most points leagues. Yeah, it seems like a good number of these players in this league, Scott, are... Uh, Part of the church of Scott White, <laughs> waiting and, on starting pitching. Uh, although the 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 exception, Framber Valdez just went twenty sixth overall. Uh, not the same team that just took Corbin Burns. They took Aaron Nola, but you know that kind of sounds like a reach. I mean, it definitely sounds like a reach. His ADP is much later later than that. Framber Valdez had forty three more fantasy points last season than Aaron Nola. Like there, he was actually excellent in this game in this league because you get bonuses for quality starts, and he had what twenty seven of them last year. He actually well, he had he had the second. He was you know somebody had to be second to Pat um, to uh, Sandy Alcantara in innings and complete mm-hmm. games, and that somebody in both of those categories was Framber Valdez. So I think Framber Valdez actually outscored. Yeah, he outscored Corbin Burns in this format by a half a point, but still outscored him. Yeah, so it was, it was a, 
It was somebody who clearly is paying close attention to the scoring format and, you know, singling out Fromber Valdez as a specialist for it, which is fine. I mean, that's going to happen sometimes. I, I I wouldn't take him over Justin Verlander, who now goes two picks later. I want to take him over Max Scherzer or Brandon Woodruff, but it's... But if he outscores those guys, I wouldn't be surprised. Right, exactly. After... I mean, that's... That's part of the reason why I don't want to invest in a true ace is because you get enough of these like Fromber Valdez types who can close the gap more than you think. All right. Well, I've got to ask the chat a little question here and see what's going on uh, because the reason is Pete Alonso went at 27th overall, Justin Verlander, Jacob deGrom, and then at 30th overall, Dustin May. I don't I don't know if that is so that Go means, get your guys, Chris said. Go uh, get him. I mean, I know Chris likes him, but you didn't have to worry about him taking him in in round 3 or 4. All right. Well, uh didn't mean that pick. Chris, you're on the clock and uh you won't be getting Dustin May this draft. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That would have been a good one. <laughs> yeah. 10 rounds from now. Um Get your guys. Yeah, I'm going to go I I would prefer to have Bo Bichette to Marcus Simeon. I have him ranked higher. Uh, Simeon has actually been better each of the past two seasons uh, in this format for what it's worth. But because I already have Fernando Tatis, he's shortstop eligible. I may end up using him in the, out, in the outfield, but I don't want to, uh, you know, double up on a position that early. So I do take Marcus Simeon, who, you know, I this team could get off to a slow start between Marcus Simeon's, you know, possibly likely struggles in April as a result of the dead and ball and the humidor and all that stuff we saw last year. And, uh, you know, no Fernando Tatis until April 20th. So yeah, we'll see what happens. Well, thank you, Chris, because, uh, I am ecstatic to get Max Scherzer at the end of the third round. I thought you might've taken him because I know you like the, the old Metsies up there, Max Scherzer and, and Justin mm-hmm. Verlander. So I know typically wait a little bit longer on pitching, but head to head points league, I, I still want at least one ace on my team and, See what happens here with the next pick. I was going to think about taking Spencer Strider because he does have relief pitcher eligibility in this format. So he's kind of a cheap code. He is far and away the best spark. We talk about that often. That's a starting pitcher as relief pitcher. And it is a cheat code in a head-to-head points league if you play on CBS because you could use Spencer Strider as a relief pitcher. I was was thinking about him at the turn. If if, um, if Terrence... Gensler before my pick, if if he had taken Otani, I might have gone with Goldschmidt and Strider there instead of Otani and Goldschmidt. Okay, well, would you have taken Strider over Scherzer, Scott? Because I was, I thought yeah. about it, but yeah, I would have. Yeah, just for team building purposes. I know I don't rank well. I moved Scherzer down a little bit. Why is that? Uh, is there any specific I, yeah, reason? I, I do have Scherzer technically one spot ahead of Strider in my rankings. Uh, just kind of gaming my rankings a little bit. You know, I talked throughout the offseason and early in draft prep. Oh, I have Justin Verlander and Max Scherzer one and two. And I kind of wanted to hold to it on principle. But like a number of starting pitchers go off the board for, before you need to consider taking Verlander and Scherzer. And so I didn't want to see them overdrafted at my behest because of where I put them in my rankings, if that makes sense. So it has nothing to do with Scherzer himself. It's just thinking strategically through my rankings. All right. After Spencer Schreider went, Bo Bichette at 34th overall. And Zach Wheeler. I know we've heard some good things about Bo Bichette this spring. A lot of his teammates talking about how great he looks and, and how he could get back on track this year. No doubt it was a letdown season for Bo Bichette last year, but had a huge September. And hopefully that's something that can carry over into this upcoming that's- season. Yeah, that's a great pick. Getting Boba Shed at 34 is is awesome. I, I like I said, I considered him at 31. So the fact that he fell a couple more spots, that worked out really well for uh who was that? Team peanut butter jelly time. <laughs> With the final pick of round three, you know who it is. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Shane McClanahan, who for most of the offseason I was pretty worried about with the shoulder injury. He's looked good in the spring. The velocity has been fine. So, you know, I'm feeling a little bit better. I still haven't drafted him anywhere. So I've got, I think, after today, four more drafts left. 
Uh, we'll see if I can wind up with one share of Shane McClanahan. The confidence is growing there. Then the first pick of round four. Uh, I think in a head-to-head points league, I don't really have a problem with this. It's Corey Seager going 37th overall. Scott Francisco Lindor still on the board. What do you think about Seager versus Lindor in this format? Yeah, I think it's closer than a lot of people would think it is. I, I do have Lindor one spot ahead of Seager. But it's the kind of situation where I would probably pass up Lindor and hope Seager makes it back to me. I don't think I just, I mean, obviously, I, I wouldn't just take Seager ahead of Lindor because I rank Lindor ahead. But it's it's close enough that I don't have a big problem with it. Okay, Luis Robert with the next pick at 38th overall. I am up in two picks and got to take a break eventually. I got to do a promo read here too, but I don't want to get caught in the middle of my read while I'm making a draft pick. So we'll just talk it through and until these picks are made. How about this one? I'm considering with my next pick someone that I haven't taken yet this spring. Wow. Mm. Can you guys, I want to want to know if you guys can, can guess who it is. I don't think I can guess who it is. I haven't been to all of your drafts, Chris. I'm starting to get a little FOMO on this guy based on what we've seen in the spring. Okay. All right. Oh, I'm kind of upset. I'm not sure if he's going to still be there. My Q, Maximilian Freed. My not Q that just guy. got my Q just got wiped out here. I oh. was looking at Woodruff and Schwarber. They both went the picks before me. Now I'm on the clock. Actually, pretty happy that I took Max Scherzer there because if uh, if I didn't get one of him or Woodruff, I would have been pretty upset. I've got 30 seconds left. I could use an outfielder, and one of Chris's favorite players is still there. He's very good in this format. Thinking about taking him. Looking at a few other positions, and I think I am going to go that route. I'm going to go ahead and take George Springer uh, here at 41st overall. Really good plate discipline, typically leading off for the Blue Jays should get a ton of plate appearances. And with that, we're going to take a quick break. And when we return, we'll find out who Chris was talking about here on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads. Nothing beats a weekend away with the family in the great outdoors, whether it's camping, hiking, river rafting, or anything in between. With third-row seating, nobody is left out. The entire family can experience the thrill together, and nobody wants a dead phone. Available dual wireless charging pads make it so nobody gets stuck, and we can check our fantasy baseball teams together. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Thursday at 7.15 Eastern on CBS, we head to the Sweet 16 at the NCAA Men's College Basketball Championship, beginning with Arkansas taking on UConn, followed by a huge showdown between UCLA and Gonzaga. Then on Friday night, Miami faces top-seeded Houston and Xavier meets Texas. Our coverage continues with two more games on Sunday at 2 Eastern with the winners punching their ticket to the Final Four. March Madness continues this week on CBS and Chris, the player you were referencing is blank. Matt Olson, who has just been absolutely crushing the ball this spring, which look, Matt Olson goes through stretches where he absolutely crushes the ball. He's got what five <laughs> home runs in spring, like a 1400 OPS or something. He's been absolutely ridiculous. He's not someone that I've drafted. I typically wait a little longer at first base, but I decided you know, like I said, a little bit of FOMO here about, you know, what if we do get the big Matt Olson bounce back? You know, he only had 477 points in this format, 564 in 2021. Guys often perform better the second season that they're in a new league. So gonna gonna take that opportunity to uh, to get Matt Olson on one of my squads this year. 
I don't want to overreact to spring training numbers, especially for a veteran like this, Chris, but I am starting to feel the same thing on Matt Olson. It's, you could just talk yourself into, okay, it was his first year in Atlanta. He's filling the shoes of a legend on that team and Freddie Freeman. Uh He was still pretty good last year, but you know, I think, for most standards, it was a bit of a down year for Matt Olson. Yeah. He's looked fantastic this spring. So just wouldn't surprise me if, you know, he hits 40 plus homers this year, some massive counting stats, and he does walk a lot, which matters in this format. After, yep. Go ahead, Chris. Oh, no, that was it. Although, I, one other, before we move on. Yes. Watch TBS Sports HQ at 3 p.m. on Wednesday afternoon. Yes. You'll see these three beautiful faces. Yes. A little Fantasy Baseball Today draft special. Yes. You see, you're a better host than I am, Chris, because I probably (laughs) should have mentioned that sooner. After Chris took Matt Olson, Francisco Lindor, Max Fried, Ozzy Albies, Michael Harris, Alec Manoa, Chris, you're, uh, Scott, you're on the clock with five seconds left. Okay. So, I mean, I was thinking about Albies, obviously, Mm -hmm. in the end of round four. I like filling second base with one of those high end second basemen. He's gone. Michael Harris was still hanging around for a long time, but he went two picks before mine. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at my situation now. Francisco Lindor's gone. I'm going to have a second-tier shortstop. I'm going to have a lower-tier second baseman. I'm going to have issues at third base. I'm going to go ahead and take JT Real Muto. I don't like taking the top catcher in a one-catcher league because I find Sean Murphy and William Contreras, the value tends to be great. But... Real Muto in this scoring format is going to give me a clear advantage. I think. I mean, Adley Rushman could close the gap, potentially. Uh, but I think he's going to give me a clear get, uh, advantage at this position. And since I'm not going to have advantage at other positions, that's fine. I'll go ahead and accept it. Real Muto at the end of round four. And then my second pick, Ooh. like Chris, a bit of a FOMO pick here. Love it. Corbin Carroll, who I was just writing him up in Breakouts 2.0 like an assistant principal writing him up. And <laughs> I, he knows the, what he the, did. <laughs> he does. He, what he did was draw nine walks compared to six strikeouts so far this spring, like just reminding me of the incredible plate discipline he has. And like, I think everybody's counting on him for 30-plus steals. This format, he might actually be a safer bet to contribute big numbers because the the most questionable part of Corbin Carroll's skill set is the power, the home Mm -hmm. run power. However he falls short in home runs, he's going to make up for it with doubles and triples. Those don't have direct value in a 5 by 5 league, but they, of course, do in a points league. So I think a little bit of a reach here at 49th overall, but um, glad to fill a weak position, which is something I haven't been able to do a lot of early in this draft. And I think, uh, I think Carol's going to live up to it when all said and done. Yeah. I love the pick too, Scott. I, once I, I scroll down a little bit, I, I want to move him higher in the rankings, but it's, it's just, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of players that I, I do like a little bit more than him in a head to head points league, but, uh, yeah, I think that's a fine place to take him. And I noticed on Tuesday that he was batting sixth in the lineup and that was against the lefty. So maybe that's something that they're, experimenting with, you know, he'll lead off against righties, maybe drop down a little bit against left-handed pitching. But either way, Corbin Carroll is going to be an everyday player for the Arizona Diamondbacks. After Scott took him, Wander Franco goes off the board. It's a touch early, but he is really good in this format. He just barely strikes out. So it's mm-hmm. it really, really yeah. helps in a points league. Jazz Chisholm at 51 overall. I actually debated mm-hmm. taking him over George Springer, and that, and that was a really tough call for me. Second base, let's be honest. I mean, the past couple days, we've got a lot of news that has kind of shaken up the position with Jose Altuve getting hurt and Vaughn Grissom optioned down to AAA. So I thought about it, but I think that's really good value for Jazz at 51st. Julio Arias, Dylan Cease, Cedric Mullins, Shane Bieber, and Chris, you are not on the clock because you were the one who took Shane Bieber. Talk to me about it. Yeah, he's a really good option in this format. You know, the the volume's going to be there, 200 innings. Two of the last four seasons, obviously, one of those in seasons he got hurt. The other one, did he lead the majors in, in innings in 2020? If not, he was very close. You know, averaged more than six innings, probably about six and a half innings per start in 2020. So I believe long- it was uh, Lance Lynn who led that year. Okay, yeah. Uh, as long as the shoulder holds up, and it did last season, I, I do think Shane Bieber, you know, he's someone we talked about, I think on yesterday's podcast, is someone we haven't talked much about. Um, 
I think there's some risk there, but uh, at this point, I think he's a great pick. All right. Well, one pick after you take Kevin Gosman. I took Kevin. No, you took Shane Bieber. I took Kevin Gosman. A little bit of uh, foreshadowing there. He is my SP2 to go along with Max Scherzer and then Christian I'm a, Javier. I'm goes. a little annoyed by that, Frank. Why? Why? Because I had just put Kevin Gosman in my <laughs> queue as my next pick. Clearly, he wasn't making it to me since you had two picks there. Uh, yep. Yeah. Good pick. I was debating him and Luis Castillo. I, you know, I kind of like them in that you know fifteen to twenty starting pitcher range. Mm-hmm. Though Christian Javier, I mean, he goes with the very next pick, and it's hard to argue it. He's gained a lot of steam in the in uh, throughout spring training, and just I think people realizing how good he was last year, and the fact that he probably shouldn't go two rounds later than someone like Spencer Strider. I don't know that their skill sets are that different. Strider's better, but two rounds better. I'm not so sure. And he, he does have the RP eligibility, would help, yes. which helps Strider as well. Yes, yes. Um, that is the reason he went two rounds ahead of Javier, I would say. But I think we see that in a lot of drafts, Scott. Well, that, yeah, I mean, I guess ADP does show a distinction there. Yeah. But uh, Javier has been on the rise. After Christian Javier, Brian Reynolds goes at pick 58. Luis Castillo to pick 59. We're at the turn here, round five and round six. And the reason I took Gosman there, Chris, is there was no hitter that I loved necessarily. Mm-hmm. There, you know, there's some pitchers that I uh, hitters that I like and see who makes it back to me here. But I was like, all right, look, it's still a points league. Could get Gosman as my SP two to go with Scherzer. I like my first three hitters a lot for this format. You know, Trey Turner, Vlad, and, and George Springer. So just kind of wait and, and gobble up some pitching and, and see who falls. Uh, and that was one of the hitters that I was thinking about taking. It's Eloy Jimenez. Uh, last pick of round five, who we got some news on Tuesday. I know he, he left a game on Monday with uh, right calf cramping, but it sounds like he'll be in the lineup Wednesday and the White Sox are not worried about it. You know, maybe just DH the guy and this won't happen if he's not playing. Apparently, it, it actually was an issue in the, the dugout and then he got pulled once he went back out. He tried to, I guess, play through was what I saw. So Gosh. that... That's a that's a nothing injury, I think. I think, you know, obviously whenever Eloy Jimenez and left a game uh, is, you know, we're going to be concerned about that, but it seems like there's nothing there. All right, well, maybe I should have taken him then because uh, some of these pitchers available are still pretty good. Probably would have been fine with with uh, one of these guys. Eh, no, no, there's... The, maybe I'm lying. Yeah, it, a drop-off's approaching, I think, it's starting pitcher. Scott, you haven't taken a pitcher yet, have you? I have not. Oh, all right. So, by design, I mean, obviously, I could have taken a really good one in place of Corbin Carroll. Uh, and that's, you know, I, would, I was saying 49th, a bit of a reach. Uh, what justifies that reach for me is that I am willing to go the thrifty route at starting pitcher. And, and that's why I can't move Corbin Carroll up much higher in my rankings, is because I don't want to make them so exaggerated that nobody else is going to follow them, you know? Well, you've got Shohei Otani, Scott, so you could just play him at starting. Well, you know, I was thinking, so (laughs) Vinny Pasquantino here goes with the first pick of round six. Wait, wait, wait. I was thinking. Who, Scott? Vinny P, baby. Baby. First pick of round six, and I was thinking if he lasted to the end of round six, that might have been something I could say. You know, I already have Goldschmidt. I have Otani occupying the utility spot, but I might have considered taking Vinny Pasquantino and just shifting Otani to SP and, I don't know, maybe working out a trade down the line if if, Vasquan, if Pasquantino proves he deserves to be a starting caliber first baseman in this format. But this would be his better format as a guy who wa- he walked more than, than he struck out as a rookie, right? Mm-hmm. He actually had more walks yeah. than strikeouts, which is to go along, of course, with the power production we expect him to have. All right, well, another one of those starting pitchers when it was... You Darvish with the second pick of round six. So, all right, I'm actually, uh, I think it worked out that I took Kevin Gosman there because there's one other pitcher here. And will I say his name? Yeah, sure. Why not? It's Zach Gallon. I think he's kind of the end of a tier, but uh, I wrote him up in bus 1.0. I don't think he's going to bottom out. I just think maybe he's a little bit uh, like a touch overvalued. He was so good in the second half, but he had a 230 Babbitt last year. I just can't see that sustaining as great as he was. And yeah, I think mm-hmm. he's a solid and pitcher, but I, I just don't know that he's going to come close to replicating something like that. Zach Allen has been someone throughout his career that has had really low Babips. Um, 
I think he's at like 270-ish for his career. So that that's something that he does appear to have some skills basis in. Although I, I do think, you know, there was a, a clear better pitcher available who just went off the board, Yu Darvish, who actually also outscored Corbin Burns uh, last season, which is pretty impressive. I think I might have that right. He threw a ton of quality starts last year. So yeah. in any league with quality starts <clears throat> as a bonus or a category, I think you Darvish could see a little bit of a boost there. Byron Buxton goes, sorry, Chris, uh, Randy Arozarena. So I was thinking about Randy. I mean, a Roto League is a much better format for him. Same thing mm. with Adolis Garcia. So I don't really want to do that. I'm going to go the same route as Scott. And I, I just think this is really good value for a catcher that I, I don't typically wind up with. There's just not really anybody that I love taking here. So it's going to be Will Smith for me. And uh, at 65 in a head-to-head points league, he's got good plate discipline. He walks. He doesn't strike out very much. I'm, I'm fine with that pick. And uh, Chris, you are on the clock. Let's take a look at your team and see what you got going on over here. Yeah, I don't necessarily love the options available right now. I think there's definitely been a drop-off at this point in the draft. I... Yeah, I'm 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 unclear as to where I want to go right now. I'm gonna think it through. Please, please, somebody else start talking. I'm gonna run through your team so far, and you've got Matt Olson at first base, Marcus Semien at second, Fernando <clears throat> Tatis at short, Ronald Acuna in the outfield, and Shane Bieber as your SP one. I actually think that this group, and you should be very proud of yourselves, they're doing a good job. They're they're you know sucking all the value out of the players that we like, and and that's why we're kind of in this position where okay, there's not really any player that we love at this spot. And, and that's why I think maybe we're going to wind up with uh, some kind of different teams that we don't normally wind uh-huh. up drafting here. And with that being said, Chris, you took Emmanuel Class A. You, normally closers go a little bit later in a points league format, but even with that, he is the best closer available and you just got him in round six. Yeah, he's, I think, the clear second best RP in this format. And honestly, he might be better than Spencer Strider just because Spencer Strider... You know, it might be tough for him to give us 170 or 180 innings. Class A, obviously, I don't think he's going to get 42 saves again, but he was 486 points in this format. You know, even if you take five saves off of that, I think he's going to be a very big contributor. And and we're at the point now where, like, I think there are tiers, right? Like, your first-round players are, like, 600-point players. Then you got a bunch of 500-point players. We're kind of running out of 500-point players at both the hitting and pitching side. So I think... Uh, you know, Class A could get close enough to that. That, um, yeah, I'm okay with getting him there. After Emmanuel Class A goes off the board, Brandon Lau at 67th overall. There's no doubt that that is early for Brandon Lau, but it's got the upside for it. Uh, Chris, I'll come back to you because Scott, I know you're about to make your picks. Um, I think this could be part of the the injury and and the news shakeout for second base is that maybe some mm-hmm. other players will get pulled off the board, and that's why we see Brandon Lau in the sixth round. Yeah, I mean, you could. I think we're still a little far away from the point where you'd want to take Jose Altuve. It's well ahead of where I'd want to take Andres Jimenez. Um, you know, Max Muncy. I guess you could make a case for him in a points league, but yeah, I think if you if you're looking for a difference maker at second base, I think Brandon Lau has more upside than Tommy Edmond and Andres Jimenez, and and probably even Max Muncy. So I think it's it's defensible. I've I've Certainly argued Brandon Lau is underrated or undervalued for most of the preseason. Interestingly, it's the same guy who took Dustin May in round three. So we have a bit a bit of a wild card. Getting his guys. <laughs> Go out and get your guys. After Brandon Lau went, Jose Abreu, Starling Marte, Xander Bogarts. Love the value on all those players. Kind of thought about Jose Abreu, but we know first base is... Wait, I've already got a first base, and what am I talking about? I got Vladimir Guerrero. <laughs> and uh, Chris, you mentioned might be a touch early for Jose Altuve. Well, not for Team Gensler. 71st overall. Scott, you're on the clock, and I hope you weren't planning to take Jose Altuve. Uh, no, I was. I was. It was somebody I had in mind for maybe my next pair of picks, okay. which would be closer to where I moved him in my rankings. Mm-hmm. But um, it's a shallow league, so I think it's a justifiable play to get a singularity at second base like that. I kind of wished somebody had taken one of these two pitchers because now I feel obligated to take both. It's just, I'd, I'd be looking a gift horse in the mouth if I didn't take these two. As someone who hasn't taken a starting pitcher yet here in round six, Zach Gallen and Robbie Ray, among pitchers who are healthy, they're pretty clearly the last two who 
you can squint and see an ace pretty easily, I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so the fact that there was exactly two left for these pair of picks on a team where I've completely neglected starting pitching up to this point, I I think it's just a must for me. So I'm going Zach Allen and Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray this spring has been striking out everybody in sight. Yeah, I know. I'm happy to get more of them. I read an article that He's been working on a new pitch. I think it's a splitter. A splitter. And the whole Mariner staff is working <laughs> on a splitter. It's crazy. And his velocity apparently has been up. I was watching highlights. I believe he made a start on either Sunday or Monday. And he looked ridiculous. I mean, the, the tight pants were on. He was like screaming on every single pitch that he threw. I mean, half the time you don't know if Robbie Ray is playing in a tennis match or pitching baseballs because the guy is like grunting and yelling and just classic Robbie Ray stuff there. Uh, Interesting. So the team that takes Jose Altuve also takes Bryce Harper. Worth mentioning that we have three IL spots in this league. Well, two of them are already occupied looking to play, I guess for, uh, you know, June and July and beyond. I don't know that I would take both of them, Chris, you know, maybe one of them, but Mm -hmm. using your sixth and seventh round pick, it's, it's a lot of draft capital on two injured guys. It is. It's worth pointing out. I think Scott and I are about to make the same. Uh, we're about to make the same point. But the Phillies opted not to put Bryce Harper on the 60-day DL yet. They still could, but they are not going. They're not planning on doing so. And I was looking back at some of the reports back when he had the surgery. the The report was he's planning on swinging a bat in late May. Was the initial report that was back in November? I think when he had the surgery. Well. He started swinging bat in late February, and he's going to be facing live pitching within the next week or so. And so, yep. Bryce Harper, yep. I, I think you're looking at like June is still likelier than May, but May's on the table. May's on the table, and uh, like I was worried for most of the draft prep season to be maybe like August. They were saying mm-hmm. the second half, right? Uh, and this, you know, last week there was actually a report from John Heyman, and he didn't really cite anybody specific in the Phillies organization. He just said some are hoping he could be back by May. So mm-hmm. I was, you know, I kind of brushed it off, whatever. Uh, but now there's this news of them delaying putting him on the 60 day DL. Dave Dombrowski saying we just want to keep our options open. Yeah, they don't they don't I, need a 40 man roster spot right now. So that's I'm not gonna. I'm not going to take Harper this high, uh, 74th overall, but I'm certainly much more open to taking him around pick 100 now Mm -hmm. in light of this news, especially in a shallower league like this where you can pick up replacements off the waiver wire potentially. You only have nine hitter spots to fill. Like This is the sort of league to take those chances. So the same guy taking Jose Altuve and Bryce Harper back-to-back here in rounds six and seven. Well, it's maybe two rounds earlier than I would do it, I do think it's more or less the the right idea. I get what he's thinking. All right, mini relief pitcher run here. We've got Josh Hader and Ryan Presley off the board in the middle of round seven, followed by Chris Bryant, Salvador Perez, and Chris, you are back up. And I'm going to take another guy I have not taken yet this spring, and I'm going to take the last third baseman left, and that's Gunnar Henderson, who doesn't have as much... uh, Hype as Corbin Carroll. I think he, you know, the the minor league numbers aren't quite as impressive, but you know, as we continue to see Corbin Carroll pushed up and up and up, and you know, this is not the first time I've seen Cor- Corbin Carroll go around fifty or even earlier than that. Um, Gunnar Henderson doesn't have quite the same helium. I, I is maybe his well, I, I, spring I spring numbers aren't as. In- yeah, it's he's impressive. had a pretty bad showing this spring. I don't think it, the Orioles are considering sending Gunnar Henderson down or anything. I, mm-hmm. I, um, Brandon Hyde, the manager, said he he just feels like Henderson's having a typical rookie spring. Yeah, but you know, while Corbin yeah. Carroll's putting up numbers, Henderson isn't. Uh, I will point out, like he's got a seven twenty three OPS. You know, when you said that, I was like, oh, man, Gunnar Henderson must be in like the 500s. You know, but 723, that's not he's walking a bunch. He's got some extra base hits. It's largely walks. Yeah, yeah. he's he's only got five hits on 27 at bats. But like, you know, he's striking out about 25 percent of the time. So it doesn't necessarily suggest. uh, No, 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 I'm not. It's not not especially meaningful. It's not especially meaningful. I'll grant that. But that that explains, I think, the disparate helium. Sure. I I just. uh, 
I was I was a little surprised. Like I did expect worse once once you said that. So yeah. I think uh, I think it's okay. Gosh, Chris, you, I'm just, a- you just crushed me with that Gunnar Henderson pick, man. Because I was scrolling around. I'm like, what positions do I need? I need second and third base. So my plan was to go Gunnar Henderson and then Max Muncy. And mm. You ruined that plan. So yeah, sorry. That's why you don't make plans. Yeah, yeah. I uh, I get but it. You, then you did follow up with Muncy. Yeah, I'm. Right? Yeah, a, a bit of a. It's a bit of a reach. I mean, 80th overall. I think I have him just outside the top 100. He is much better in a points league. His I'm, his ADP in CBS leagues is 74, which I, are primarily points leagues. I don't have a second baseman or a third baseman, so Max mm-hmm. Muncy will fill one of those roles for me, and uh, I'm all right taking him there. We'll see what happens with uh, the next couple of picks here. I still only have one outfielder, but Gunnar Henderson and uh, Max Muncy. Those were the two that I had in mind. You know, when I made the Will Smith pick, Will Smith, the catcher. I know what I, you're going to say. You know, I didn't really <laughs> want to do it because I knew that some good catchers would fall. And Adley yeah. Rutschman being I here. I wonder which seventh, one you mean. I was just. Oh yeah. I mean, now that we're talking about him, somebody's going to snatch him up right away, I'm sure. But it is it is a little bit crazy that he is what the there have been five catchers taken and none of them is Adley Rushman. He's my number two catcher in this format. His plate discipline's so good. I almost took him a, over. I almost took him over Will Smith, Scott. I, I haven't ranked over Will Smith. He had a zillion doubles last year. So even if he doesn't take that next step forward with the home run power, he should be great in this format with mm-hmm. doubles. But he has four home runs this spring. Just hit a big one off Chris Sale today. Sure Yep. On Wednesday. In fairness, I hit a home run off Chris Sale today. <laughs> he did give up a couple <laughs> couple shots today. Though both he and uh, Alex Cora were were uh, not uh, did not seem the least bit concerned after the game, for what it's worth. All right, well, let's catch people up on some picks. And after I took Muncie, Carlos Rodon, another name that I was thinking about. I think that mm-hmm. this is a good range to get him. Uh, some good news coming out. He, he you know threw um, threw I, I believe it was a bullpen the other day and. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's uh, he's he's doing fine in terms of you know just recovering from that bullpen so far, so maybe it's a couple of starts and, and we get Carlos Rodon back in uh, by the end of April. I think this is a good spot to get him. Dalton Varsho, Logan Webb, Teoscar Hernandez, and boom goes the dynamite. Go. Yeah. Adley Rutschman goes off the board. Let's take our second break here, and when we return, we'll catch you up on the latest picks. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome back into Fantasy uh, Baseball today. Thank you to those watching us live on YouTube. Make sure to like, leave a comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. Stephen Kwan, the second pick of round eight. And we know Kwan barely strikes out. And uh, he was really good in the second half last year in terms of getting on base. And I, I do think, I think he's fine in either format. Offers some batting average and, you know, 20-ish steals in Roto. But he's probably even a little bit better in head-to-head points leagues. So I think that's not overly surprising. Uh, that I kind of like the team that Church of Scott White is putting together. It's a bit of a misnomer because he's got four starting pitchers uh, <laughs> through maybe, eight picks. Maybe he's 2021 Scott White. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But like I loved the value on Logan Webb there. I was going to take him if not. He was sneaky, really good in this format last year. Uh, he's got Freddie Freeman, Austin Riley, Luis Robert, and Stephen Kwan. So very good start to the offense, but obviously some a lot of picks left. But Zach Wheeler, Yu Darvish, Luis Castillo, Logan Webb, that's a very good pitching staff for this uh, scoring format especially. Okay, after Stephen Kwan, Jake Cronenworth, who 
is sneaky good in head-to-head points leagues, and he has some versatility. He has second base and first base eligibility. And then after him, O'Neill Cruz uh, goes at pick 88. He does fall a little bit in this format uh, because of the strikeouts. And mm-hmm. hmm, I've I was got, just getting ready to queue him up, though. Got myself, like, got myself a little bit of a decision here. I'm preparing to be very mad at Frank because I feel like he's going to take the... <laughs> is that how you want it? Ah, I yes. got you back. I got you back. That was exactly, that was the last guy in my queue from my previous pick. And I wasn't sure if I should take Gunnar Henderson or Joe Musgrove. I don't think Gunnar Henderson would have made it back to me. Now I know Joe Musgrove wouldn't have. <laughs> I'm very upset with you. That was very rude of you to do. You want to make a trade, Chris? Because technically, if you didn't take Gunnar, I would have taken him, and then I would have taken Muncie, and Joe Musgrove might have made it back to you. Well, I was going to take, I, w- I was either Musgrove or oh, all right, fair enough. Henderson there, so. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, I get Musgrove. Look, hopefully the toe is fine, because I keep drafting a bunch of Joe Musgrove. I mm-hmm. took him in a recent NFBC draft. I got him in Tout Wars. Sounds like he's only going to miss uh, one turn in the rotation. You know, maybe it's two. I, I haven't seen an update on him recently, so hopefully oh, everything no. is progressing there. Uh, I don't know if we need to pause the draft or anything Chris? no i'm fine i i was just like musgrove was my clear best player remaining and i <laughs> i said i was pre- right? i was preparing just, just yes i said i was preparing for scott to take the guy i wanted but i wasn't actually prepared for it and so i well it was frank it. anyway so. yeah frank sorry <laughs> i i didn't do anything to you yeah in spirit you did in not spirit. the record show not yet. You haven't done anything yet, Scott. Uh, so through eight rounds, I've got Will Smith at catcher, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Max Muncy at second or third base, Trey Turner at shortstop, George Springer is my lone outfielder, and at starting pitcher, I've got Max Scherzer, Kevin Gosman, and Joe Musgrove. Let's see what else is going on. So Chris took Tristan McKenzie, then Reese Hoskins, who typically is a little bit better in this format. Uh, lots of walks, really good OBP. Brandon Nimmo goes 92nd overall. He's battling like ankle and knee sprains yeah, right now. We'll see if but he's he was the for- number nine outfielder yeah. in this format last year. Amazingly, I think that speaks more to the state of the outfield in 2022 than uh, Nimmo specifically. The fact Nimmo stayed healthy, but you know he gets yeah. he gets extra base hits. He gets on base at a nice rate. Can we? Uh- I'm going to just throw out a conversation point about a sleeper that I want to take in the later rounds, and I may screw myself over in that. But a bit of news from today that I think actually really could matter. Carson Kelly fractured his forearm. Oh. I don't know if you saw that. He got hit by a pitch yesterday. He's going to miss probably a couple of months. Gabriel Moreno, we we thought he was probably going to be the small side of the catcher platoon in Arizona. He's about to play a ton early on in the season. I'm, I'm just going to go ahead and this is, this is kind of what we, we talk about in season more where like any catcher who has a pulse pretty much jumps into the top 12. I'm moving Gabriel Moreno into my top 12 at, at catcher as I, a result of this news. Maybe that's an overreaction, but I'm, I'm going to overreact. That is interesting because I saw that he, that Carson Kelly left after getting hit by a pitch on his forearm yesterday so, mm-hmm. yeah, it turns out he's going to miss some time. Oh! And no! Oh! <laughs> no! Scott is tilting. Uh, I was holding my breath ever since Gunnar Henderson and Max Muncie went back-to-back to Uh-oh. take Jordan Walker here. And I thought it was going to happen. I don't even know what I'm going to do now. <laughs> <He's picked. laughs> Well, I will let you figure that out, Scott. Let's catch people up on the picks. After Brendan Nimmo, Sean Murphy, Logan Gilbert, Jordan Walker. 95th overall at the end of the eighth round. I'm eyeballing my catcher rankings to see if I agree with you, Chris. I think I can get Gabriel Moreno up to 13, ahead of Danny Jansen, ahead of Grandal. Yeah, Cal Rally is the, yeah, that's is the, the one. toughest one. He's 12 yeah. for me. I'm I, I'm moving Moreno up above Cal Rally in... But, out of principle for now. And then, you know, we'll see in the, in the harsh light of day tomorrow where, whether I, uh, whether I actually agree with that decision, but Gabriel Moreno, obviously one of the, 
He's a top 10 prospect last season was traded in the Dalton Varsho deal. If you don't remember. Yeah. Very, very similar profile to someone like Alejandro Kirk. It's the problem is it's a very similar profile to Alejandro Kirk or Cabert Ruiz. And it's like, which path is he going to go down? He didn't necessarily, uh, you know, impress a ton last season while losing rookie eligibility, but it was only like he lost rookie eligibility, but not because of games played or, or played appearances. It was a time served on the roster. So he only got like 80 played appearances last year. And Gabriel Moreno so far this spring is eight for 20 with two home runs. The biggest question mark is, can he raise the launch angle? Can he hit for power? And I think he's purposely trying to, Mm -hmm. you know, Quiet some yeah. of the doubters here in spring training by lifting the ball a little bit and, and popping some home runs. So, yeah, that is a really interesting note on Gabriel Moreno. At the turn, Scotty, you jump into the starting pitcher pool. You get one of your favorites in Chris Sale. But the next pick, that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was nobody. So I took George Kirby. Uh, there was nobody obvious, I thought, to take. Um so it was a chance to, to luxuriate a little bit. And I decided, well, I don't have any shares of George Kirby yet. It was a popular breakout pick. I'm, I don't share the enthusiasm for him, but it's, it's nice to, when, you're, when you don't feel like you're having to reach for it, when you do have a chance to kind of go off script a little bit, it's nice to get in on the hype and if all those very smart people who are predicting big things for George Kirby are right, then at least in this league, I'll be able to benefit from it. Uh, I considered going Devin Williams instead because, you know, we've just attacked relief pitchers so little here that in round nine, the third ranked one, according to my own rankings, leaving out Strider, of course, is still there. But I decided that. I didn't want to. I want you know. I don't. I don't love investing in a relief pitcher in this format, and I'm going to stick to it. All right. After you took George Kirby, Nick Lodolo, who threw six shutout innings on Monday with eight strikeouts, he looked fantastic. He was going up against an Angels lineup that was missing both Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, obviously. And then after Nick Lodolo, Christian Yelich, Willie Adamas, Carlos Correa, Devin Williams, and Chris, you took Hunter Green, and. We talked about him recently. Was it in breakouts? You said he could be both a breakout and a bust, and I actually wound yeah. up writing him up in, in bust 2.0. I, I get the upside. I get the hype with Hunter Green. He's super fun to watch, but 48% fly ball rate in Great American mm-hmm. Ballpark, it just scares the crap out of me, man. Oh, yeah. No, it's. I, I think I did end up... I'm trying to remember. I, I might have ended up taking him out of bust 2.0. He is... Still in breakouts 2.0. Um, and I, I think that highlights just he's a, an incredibly high variance player. What we saw, I mean, remember when he came back from the IL last season and he looked like the best pitcher in baseball. It was five starts, 30, you know, 20-something innings, but he had like, I think it was 38 strikeouts in 26 innings or something absurd like that. His swing strike rate was through the roof. The fastball is not a good pitch right now. It gets a ton of whiffs. It is the hardest fastball. I'm going to say ever, maybe some old person will yell at me about <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Either way, there has never been a recorded starting pitcher who throws as hard as often as Hunter Green. The problem is he gave up a lot of home runs with the pitch. It was, I think, the the third, I want to say the third highest expected slugging percentage on a four-seam fastball of any pitcher, any starter in baseball last season. And he's given up three home runs so far in uh, or two home runs so far in spring training. So still a little bit of an issue. He's working on a changeup. There's so much upside. The slider is an amazing pitch. It's one of the best swing and miss pitches in baseball. It's uh, you know, this is kind of my FOMO team where I'm, uh, you know, I took, I don't, I don't think I've drafted Tristan McKenzie this year. I haven't really drafted Hunter green. I haven't really drafted Gunnar Henderson or Matt Olson. So this is a, this is going to be a team that stands on its own a little bit among the the teams I've drafted. And I totally get why you're doing it, Chris. And I've done I've done drafts like this in years past, and I find that every time I do something like it, it doesn't work out. Now I, I'm not <laughs> trying to say that your team isn't going to. Oh be yeah, good. no, it's going away from right. 
you know, my, my valuations to a certain yeah. extent. So yeah, it, it, there's risk in it. With Hunter Green, uh, I actually just wrote him up in Bus 2.0, so I have him. I have all this thing, all these things fresh in my mind. You're right that over his final six starts, he was fantastic. A 102 ERA. The the teams that he faced: Marlins twice, Cardinals, Brewers, Pirates, Cubs. So some really good matchups. I mean, it was still a 102 ERA. So I, I get it, but he, a little 2020 Zach Plezak uh, mirror <laughs> there. I, I just kind of thought about this while you were talking about Hunter Green. He's kind of the pitcher version of O'Neill Cruz, no? Like, mm-hmm. he he's a huge wild card. He has massive upside, but he also has really big downside too. So, yep. uh, just yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, remember there were there were a lot of points last season where we we're like, oh, this is it. Hunter Green's figuring it out, and like, he was probably written up in the waiver wire column like six or seven times last season because <laughs> it was just like he would have a really good start and then he would come back and give up four home runs. You know, that, that's just like the kind of skill set he has right now. After Chris took Hunter Green, I come on this podcast a lot and I tell you that the disrespect for Dolis Garcia has gone too far. Well, guess what? I had to end that disrespect once again because I just took him at pick 104. I debated mm-hmm. taking him back in round six when I took Will Smith and he was here three rounds later. This is yeah. not his preferred format. He does not walk very no. much. He strikes out quite a bit. But last year, he still averaged around three fantasy points per game. I'll take that in round nine. Yeah, last year, even in this format, not being, even with this format not being his best format, he was the number seven outfielder. Now, again, I, I think that is partly just the state of the outfield and the number of players who missed time there. And and it was just an especially bad year for outfield. And I've talked about how I think, it, I, I think Adolis Garcia is going to take a step back this year. But just from a pure value perspective, if I had gone hitter, with that George Kirby pick instead of pitcher, I probably would have gone with Adolis Garcia as my third outfielder. In fact, I think the main reason I didn't is because it's only a three outfielder league and I have those two outfield spots filled mm-hmm. already. And I just yep. wanted to wanted to leave one there for some of my late round targets that I like. After I took Adolis Garcia, we, we see the old relief pitcher run. Jordan Romano, Ryan Helsley, Andres Jimenez and Rysel Iglesias to finish out round nine. And then Lance Lynn, my heart, my heart breaks (laughs) for the first pick of round 10. And then Tim Anderson and Chris Bassett. I've got one more pick coming up here. Uh, Blake Snell, another pitcher that I like, but I've already got three starters. I've got Scherzer. I've got Gosman. I've got uh, Joe Musgrove. So I don't really feel the need to take another pitcher here and no, I'm just going to go ahead and build the best Roto lineup ever in a head-to-head points league and, <laughs> and see how it turns out uh, because this is another player where I, I just feel like he's lasted too long in this format. And it's Tommy Edmond, who I will mm-hmm. now slide over to second base, and I've got Max Muncy at third. So, yeah, again, it's not his better format, but I'm just going to keep go- gobbling up the, the value. And, uh, Chris, I love your next pick because you had to do it for the brand. John Carlos Stanton in the middle of round 10. Yeah, haven't also actually someone I haven't really drafted this year at all. I don't think I've drafted Giancarlo Stanton once so far. So fraud. Gonna end that, and you know, I just I, I, I've said it before on the podcast. I feel like given the fact that he still hits the ball just about as hard as anyone, we can no longer say Giancarlo Stanton hits the ball harder than anyone because O'Neill Cruz exists. Uh, but because he still is a one of three in terms of how hard he hits the ball. Uh, I still think there's a chance we get like one last like 45 to 50 home run season from Giancarlo Stan. He still has the skill set for it. So, yeah, let's let's stick with the uh, FOMO theme here. All right. Well, after Chris took Giancarlo Stan, there was a very interesting pick. What we'll do is we'll wrap up part one here of the podcast and we'll pick things up part two of the podcast. So uh, we will see you over there. Make sure to tune in. 